Hey guys, it's Josh, Jeff, and Terry, and today we are going to talk about the filibuster. Say hi, guys. Hi. hi. All right. So, the filibuster, Josh. We've been uh, we've been actually having about a seventy-two hour discussion on the filibuster, which is appropriate because like it. Uh, that's what you do when you filibuster. You talk for a long time, or at least that's sometimes what people think. What yep. kind of give us a definition of what it's all about? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. At least when I came from the uh, the land of un un misunderstanding, I guess I started with kind of that Mr. Smith goes to Washington mentality. Of there was a bill that you didn't want passed, so when you get the chance to speak. You just start talking and you don't shut up. You talk about whatever you want. You can pull out cookbooks, you can pull out the Declaration of Independence, you, you can read whatever you want, talk about whatever you want, and you do it until you pretty much make enough people not want to listen to you talk anymore, and eventually they just kind of give up and they withdraw the bill. Now, us talking back and forth, we all kind of came from a different understanding, so where might others have, have started with their understanding of filibuster? Uh, yeah, nowhere. My understanding was that filibusters was something that happened in the political environment to stop a bill. How it happened or why it happened, but it was always, for me, referred to almost in that negative context that the filibuster was a negative thing, not necessarily a positive thing. Yeah, I just thought it was, you know, a horse you bet on the Kentucky Derby. It would make a good name. It would do. We need to get that going. No, I didn't really. I, I thought it was a way to uh, stymie a bill, right? Like you said, Josh, it was a, I didn't really understand what it meant. And I had heard that, yeah, someone gets up and, you know, I've heard people you know, read War and Peace or whatever yep. kind of a thing, which didn't make any sense to me. It just seemed kind of childish. But I get it now that it's, it's one... Uh, party that's not in power trying to stop a bill from being passed but Josh if we took a step back yeah um, maybe maybe uh, touch base on you got your uh, you know your, your different branches of government and right, mm -hmm. you got the Congress and the Senate maybe talk a little bit about um, what each one of those does and how they pass a bill and what it's required to, to as a vote and that kind of stuff sure so and there like you said Terry there's two different sides of, of Congress there's the House of Representatives and then there's the Senate House of Representatives is mostly representing the, the constituents of a particular state, and then you have your senators who are supposed to represent the state's interest at, at a federal level. And when a bill is proposed, it's got to pass both the House and the Senate. And traditionally, uh, and that's a whole other talk because you probably go into yeah, it in and of itself, but yeah. uh, when it comes to passing a bill, uh, the House of Representatives is basically a, a majority vote that you put the bill on the table uh, everybody kind of gives their yay or nay and if the majority vote wins then the bill passes in the house and then it gets moved on to the Senate now the Senate works a little bit different in that it's not just a majority vote uh, you actually have some some various other opportunities to to prevent a bill from moving forward and one of those is filibustering it and if we go back in history, uh, it was it was kind of originally intended as a way to to prevent a, a supermajority of the Senate from passing a vote that the minority didn't want to have passed. So a way of essentially preventing a a massive set of the country from passing a law, and all the little guys get no say on anything ever. Yeah, so when you're saying you, you, supermajority, you mean just a majority, the, whoever controls the Senate, like if the Democrats control exactly. the Senate, yes. they can't just automatically pass it because there's this filibuster in place. 
um, right. that's going to do that. Now, Jeff, um, you were telling me that the filibuster is not actually a constitutional thing. It's it's just part of the regulations of the Senate. Yeah, well, originally when the uh, Senate was set up, you it, the, it was set up so it was endless debate. right? So yes. as long as they wanted to debate a particular bill or a particular topic, they would just debate and debate, and eventually everyone would, okay, well, now we're going to go to a vote. Um, and so that was the original kind of rules that were set up in the Senate. And as we kind of come along in history, it kind of then, someone kind of called that out as a, as a rule that says, well, this is how we do it. We just will debate and debate and debate and debate and, and never anything. And it wasn't until uh, 1917 in which um, they actually made it an official kind of rule, the filibuster and how to close a filibuster. Um, uh, within the Senate, so it didn't even really start out as a rule, or it's not even necessarily in the Constitution. It was just a rule within the Senate itself that they just would debate until they didn't want to debate anymore, and that's kind of what started or kicked off the the, the filibuster, mm-hmm. and it kind of has just grown into its own little, you know, I want to say like a little monster of its own <laughs> inside the Senate. <laughs> that's true. Because uh, there's all kinds of history on it as you, as you go back through it. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So then. Um, from what I understand, kind of what we we're talking about and going through, and uh, obviously this is a hot topic right now because of everything going on and and uh, in in government and, and all the different issues that are going on. But so in the concept is that if I'm a minority party in the Senate, I don't want a bill to go through. I can filibuster it, which which historically would mean I can talk forever and ever and ever until you know someone just like you said earlier just cries uncle and says, "Hey, we'll, we'll take it off the table," or um, they they have uh, what is it three fifths majority to yep. vote on it, which is called cloture. So they they vote for a, a thing called cloture, which means they get sixty votes out of the hundred to to vote uh, as a positive on it, and then it would then it would uh, it would pass, right? Yeah, the the two thirds two fifths sorry three, three, fifths, fifths three fifths cloture. So the sixty votes essentially establishes that the filibuster they can only get thirty hours of debate. Before a vote. Before it goes to vote. And it would guarantee a vote. Exactly. It doesn't block the vote. It just delays the vote by 30 hours. Right. Of somebody talking through. It actually guarantees the vote vote after 30 hours. Yes. So, yeah, with with the cloture going in, uh, it was originally a way to try to help make sure that somebody didn't, as you said, STEMI putting through additional bills that were kind of backing up because it used to be that there was only one track. A bill would land on the Senate, they would debate that bill until it went to vote, and then they'd vote on it, and then the next bill would come up to, to the point that we were making. If two fi- three-fifths of the Senate uh, kind of right off the bat says that it's going to go through, this is what it's evolved into. It used to be that you just you'd put it forward, everybody would do the debate, and then you would talk forever. But because people got sick of that, it's kind of morphed into less of somebody literally coming up, standing up, and, and talking forever to to kind of wear people down. It's become more of they kind of take this preliminary vote, if you will, that, that kind of says, hey, are we going to have enough people in the Senate to vote for this to start out? Are we going to have three-fifths majority to, to even put this onto the voting table and not have it be filibustered. Now in that term, when we talk about filibuster, it's it's the same concept, we're just bypassing somebody physically standing up and talking for the entire time. In, and so the, 
that the idea isn't so much that somebody talks forever, like I am at the moment, but r rather it's, it's preventing it from having to go to that. So you get your, your three-fifths majority up front, and it can go through, and there's a high likelihood that it's going to, to at least get through the Senate with a, a good vote. So in, in a quick summary of that, Josh, is the filibuster, and, and I, I followed you, it was perfect, uh, but the filibuster just means you need 60 votes out of 100. And, and now, that's basically what it means. Now, in today's to time, yes, that's exactly what it means. You essentially need okay. 60 votes to pass. It's it's almost a an immediate green light for cloture. But there are some things that don't need there 60. Are, there are a few of them. Um, budget bills, budget reconciliation is what it's called. So, you know, that is one that it can be passed by a simple 51 uh, majority vote. Also, uh, federal judges, lower and Supreme Court, which we'll get into something called yeah. the nuclear option in a second, which is what created some of those rules. Um, so there already were a few things that only needed a uh, simple majority vote in the Senate. And those were those are the three, right? Supreme Court justices, um, federal court justices in the lower courts, and then any budget um, type thing, budget reconciliation is what they call it. So, so was the budget reconciliation originally a um, nuclear option thing too? Would they change that or was that just always kind of written as a, hey, you don't really need? It was not a nuclear option um, item. It was uh, something that was written into the actual Senate rules. Okay. And I don't remember the year on that or I'd give it to you, but that yeah. was actually <laughs> something that was something that was prior there. When we start talking about the nuclear option, that's how the Supreme Court justices and lower court justices, as well as the debate time for both of those, have been changed as of, of you know recent since you know two thousand thirteen ish. So Jeff, before we jump into the the nuclear option, if we go backwards, essentially the filibuster used to be you talked forever to prevent a bill from passing until somebody cried uncle and withdrew the bill. And eventually people got tired of having to sit there and listen to people drone on. And uh, new rules were passed within the Senate that makes it so that you just need 60 votes in order for a bill to, to go to the floor to be debated and voted on. If you don't have the 60, it doesn't even bother going to the floor anymore because they, it's essentially called being filibustered. So there's kind of the where it was, where it's going, or what it is now. And then there's this really cool thing called the nuclear option. <laughs> I don't know if we call it cool. Yeah. Uh, as we were talking a little bit about the nuclear option, it's like, how how crazy do some of these rules um, actually get? Because it's, uh, it's crazy. Basically, what the nuclear option does is it doesn't change the actual rule. So there's two ways that you can actually change the 60 vote rule to end the filibuster. You could actually take it to the House floor and vote to actually physically change the language within the actual rule itself. That's the, we'll call it the right way to do it or the, <laughs> the non-nuclear option way of doing it where they just go and vote. It takes two thirds vote, House rule is changed, no longer have a filibuster. But then that's when you get to the nuclear option. So is it actually just changes the precedent of the um, of of how the rule is interpreted. So someone just you know brings it up and says, um, I don't I don't agree with it. It actually means this. And if people agree on a 51 majority vote, then a new rule is established based upon precedent in the House. It's just it's absolutely crazy. It's only been done a couple of times in history, and starting in 2013, and then it happened again in 2017, and again in 2019. 
once by the Democrats, twice by the Republicans. It was done by the Democrats first in 2013 because they were having trouble getting um, all of Barack Obama's um, uh, judicial appointees passed um, through through the Senate because at the time it required 60 votes because there, there was no law um, in place or no rule in place in this case um, for it. So, uh, yeah, so then they put a rule in that says, well, it, it's 60 votes for everything except federal judges that aren't the Supreme Court. And then in 2017, the Republicans came and because they were having a hard time getting their uh, Supreme Court justices passed, they said, well, we know this Rule 22, which is the rule that says it's uh, a three-fifths uh, vote. Um, well, we only, it not only applies to federal judges and Supreme Court justices. So they changed how it was not written, but just how it was interpreted. Uh, within within the uh, um, kind of the bylaws of, of, of the Senate, so to speak. And then again, it changed in 2019. This one wasn't quite as astronomic. It just changed the amount of time that people got to debate for Supreme Court and um, federal court judges. It took it down from like 30 hours to two hours or something on that order. I forget the exact timing, but it was something on that order. So there was a three times that's, uh, that nuclear option has been used. That's wonderful. So if you're wondering uh, what that all boils down to, we have such a mature... Uh, sophisticated government that they can say we need to have 60 votes to pass this bill unless we decide to vote that we only need 51 votes to pass this bill and in order to change that rule we only need 51 people to say we need 51 people to change that not have 60 votes so um, so it's pretty good pretty pretty easy to, to just mess with it so, so uh, one way I like to look at it is they're not changing the numbers in that original line they're just adding on to the original line so it still reads we need 60 or three quarters yeah so I'm gonna run on. for Senate and propose uh, a new rule change that says if I raise my hand and say yes it works and if I raise my hand and say no it doesn't right so and, <laughs> and you only need one vote to pass that so that's the new precedent I like it. So. Yeah, so that's that's a nuclear option that everyone uh, kind of keeps talking about, which is what they're pressing a lot of the Democrats to do now. And they're saying there is precedent for it because it's been used three other times in history by both Democrats and right. Republicans. Now, but not to the extent in which the Democrats are asking because they just want to say, well, let's just get rid of it all together um, instead of um, just adding, you know, one line or one Get rid of the filibuster. Thing. Well change it doesn't get rid of the filibuster it just changes how the filibuster is interpreted yes uh on there yeah yep and that's yep. go ahead josh well that's really where where we're at now is there's all this debate around should the filibuster exist is it is it constitutional is it something that should continue is it good because it does give the minority still a way to prevent the majority from just passing stuff through that that maybe isn't all that great and then on the flip side, you have those who are saying, no, 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 we need the filibuster to go away so that we can pass through all of this stuff and stop holding up all of this legislation that we just want to plow through. Yeah. Yeah, so that, uh, in my mind, makes it clear as mud. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's, ultimately, it's, it's, uh, it's a bunch of politicians playing with the system to try to get what they want instead of... Uh, having some sort of civil discourse and debate and the one thing I've learned from talking about this with you guys and discussing this with you guys is it has uh, really depressed me yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really sad it, so. yeah, it really is a crazy topic yeah uh, I mean, government and politics are crazy and alone and then you add in something like this and it's just 
Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's sad that we we really even need something like this. That we can't have a mature logic and methodical way. I mean, the the reason we have so many checks and balances in our country was to help make sure that bills that were going to be passed are passed in a way that is good for everybody. And it's it's become with, all right. Well, we agree with that principle in theory until it gets in the way of us pushing our agenda through. Yeah. And now we're finding loopholes to figure out how do we get around all of that. And now we've got loopholes for loopholes so that we can get around to the things that we were trying to get around. It's just, like, how did we get here? I think you bring up an interesting point, right? Because if we look at why why does this give us a headache or why, why am I depressed, right, with, with uh, these topics? Well, one of the reasons is I would go back 50 years the two sides of the coin here, and what you're talking about, the Democrats and Republicans, weren't that far apart in their ideology or or what they believed. Maybe there were some differences, but it wasn't major. They also knew how to be a little more civil. And then you get today where there are so polar opposites between the Democrat and the Republicans and what they believe. It's just gotten that much more crazy because of how extreme they are yeah. on both on both ends, right? So and. So it's a power grab. It turned from let's actually have a government that can be civil and talk it out, see what's best for everyone, to I just want what's best for my party and the people that voted me in versus the entire country. It's so I think it's just gotten a lot more divided because the issues have gotten a lot more extreme. Anyway, this is Josh, Jeff, and Terry, and uh, that's the filibuster. Say bye, guys. Bye. bye.